Hello, and welcome to Champagne and Murder, please. Happy Monday. Happy President's Day. I hope you guys are having a good day off, if you get the day off. And if not, I'm sorry for you. I hope you still have a good day. This morning, so far, we're having some issues with the platform that I use to actually upload the podcast, so hopefully you guys get to hear this on time. <laughs> if not, I apologize in advance. I'm actually talking to somebody right now as I'm recording to try to fix it, so hopefully the guy can help me out. Anyway, I have a short story for you today about Kathy Kleiner and Karen Chandler, who you might know as Ted Bundy survivors. So how about we get into it? So today I'm going to tell you the stories of Kathy Kleiner and Karen Chandler. I took this article straight from BlurredByLines.com because I felt that the detail was pretty spot on. And it's more about the girls than it is about Ted Bundy because he gets enough publicity. So anyway, at the Chi Omega house, four sorority sisters were viciously attacked by Ted, Ted Bundy in a frenzied, violent assault. Two young women, Kathy Kleiner and Karen Chandler, survived their injuries. Two of their sorority sisters did not. But like other survivors of Bundy's rage, the women lived on to testify against their attacker and speak on behalf of the sisters they lost that night. In the early morning hours of January 15, 1978, a group of young women living at the Chi Omega sorority house at Florida State University in Tallahassee were asleep in their rooms. Kathy Kleiner and Karen Chandler shared the same dorm room, number eight. Kleiner fell asleep first, and Chandler went to bed shortly after. Fresh off his recent escape from prison just two weeks earlier, Ted Bundy made his way toward the Chi Omega sorority house just before 3 a.m. He picked up a heavy piece of firewood as he approached the back door of the building. The door's lock was broken, and he easily entered the sorority house. Bundy found 21-year-old Margaret Bowman asleep in her room, bludgeoned her with his wooden club, then strangled her to death with nylon stockings. He walked out of Bowman's room and across the hall to 20-year-old Lisa Levy's room. Bundy crushed Levy's skull with his firewood club and strangled her. He sexually assaulted her with a Clairol hairspray bottle and left a deep bite mark on her body, which became crucial evidence that investigators would later use to identify him as the killer. After attacking Levy, Bundy entered the dorm room next door, room number eight. In a later interview, Kathy Kleiner explained that she heard a noise that stirred her from sleep. It was the sound of her front bedroom door opening. Bundy then tripped over a trunk, then sat between her and Karen Chandler's twin beds. Now, Kleiner says, she was wide awake, saying, quote, As I look up, I see this dark figure with a hand up, club in hand, and before I knew it, he brought it down on me and attacked my face, end quote. She said, I did not feel that pain. It wasn't pain. It was more of a thud or a pressure at that point. During the com commotion of the assaults, Chandler woke up. Bundy moved to her bed and began bludgeoning her in the face with the heavy piece of firewood. Then, the violence suddenly stopped. A light from outside the sorority sisters' room shone through the curtainless window. Their room faced a parking lot, and a car's headlights illuminated the small space. Bundy feared he had been seen, and he fled from the Chi Omega house. Kleiner recounted, He got spooked and ran out, and I'm still waiting for the next blow to come. A few moments of silence passed, and the 20-year-old freshman started calling for help, but her jaw was completely shattered, hanging from just one joint on the side of her face. 
Kathy Kleiner said, I was in my bed now, screaming for help, yelling for help, and all I was doing was making a gurgling sound. As the four young women at the Chi Omega house lay grievously injured in their beds, Nita Neary watched Ted Bundy escape through the sorority house's front door just as she entered the building from the back. Neary had said goodnight to her date at 3.15 a.m. and walked through the entryway to see the darkened profile of her sister's killer escape the building, his wooden club still in hand. Neary ran to wake her roommate, Nancy Dowdy, and they woke the sorority president. Then Karen Chandler stumbled out of her room and into the hallway covered in blood. They comforted Chandler and found Kleiner rocking back and forth in her own bed, trying to use the telephone. While on the witness stand, Kleiner said her first memory after the attack was her attempting to call her boyfriend as well as her pastor on the phone. But with her broken jaw, she couldn't speak. The uninjured sorority sisters made multiple 911 calls to police around 3.20 a.m. Kathy Kleiner's jaw was broken in three places, and several of her teeth were broken. Karen Chandler sustained a broken jaw, concussion, skull fracture, broken arm, and broken finger. In a later interview, Chandler said that she could barely recognize herself in the mirror while recovering at the hospital. Her mother initially tried to cover the mirror in the bathroom so Chandler couldn't see the extent of her facial injuries. Bundy's two other victims at Chi Omega, Margaret Bowman and Lisa Levy, died of their injuries that night. Despite the horrific nature of the murders, none of the women heard the attacks on their sorority sisters. The only lead investigators had on the Chi Omega killer was a dental imprint he left behind on Levy's body. After surviving Ted Bundy's assault, Karen Chandler and Kathy Kleiner spent nearly a week recovering in the hospital. Chandler took the rest of the academic quarter off, but later returned to Florida State University. She decided to live at the Chi Omega house again, much to her mother's disbelief, but with all the extra security measures, Chandler said she believed it would be the safest place for her on campus. Kleiner did not return to FSU. She moved to Miami to be close to family and got married shortly after recovering from her injuries. The night of the Chi Omega murders, Bundy assaulted another victim, a 21-year-old FSU student named Cheryl Thomas. He climbed in her, into her apartment through a kitchen window, broke her jaw, and severed a nerve that caused permanent hearing loss. But Thomas survived the attack. Because authorities had no suspect or motive, investigators did not know if the vicious beatings were random or directly targeted against the sorority. As a result, the women were told to hide their affiliation to Chi Omega. They removed bumper stickers from cars and stopped wearing Chi Omega apparel. The sorority sisters were also told not to talk to each other after the attack to ensure they did not influence each other's testimonies of what happened that night. A week after the attack, Kathy Kleiner was escorted back to the sorority house by police. She entered her bedroom and saw Chandler's and her own blood sprayed across the room. At this point, the blood was dry and it was all over the place. That shocked me into knowing that this really happened, Kleiner said. Bundy evaded arrest for another 30 days. In that time, he kidnapped tortured, and killed a 12-year-old girl named Kimberly Leach, but finally police were on his trail. Bundy was arrested on February 15, 1978, and would remain in police custody until his death. Both Karen Chandler and Kathy Kleiner testified in court about their injuries and any memories they had of that night their sorority sisters were killed. Chandler said on the stand that her first memory after the attack was being lifted into the ambulance. In the darkness of her dorm room, she never saw her attacker. Likewise, Kleiner testified that she did not get a good look at the man who tried to kill her. In a 2019 interview, she recounted her experience on the witness stand. 
When it was my turn to go up and sit in the witness stand, I looked out and there was Bundy sitting at the defense table, she said. I stared him down in the eyes. I don't remember what the questions were. I felt like I had the power now. He was on the other side of the table and I was okay. I didn't want him to think at all that he had any power anymore. On July 24, 1979, Ted Bundy was found guilty of two counts of first-degree murder and three counts of attempted murder. He was sentenced to death. For the following 10 years, multiple appeals and stays of execution delayed Bundy's death. His victims, like Carol Deranche, and their families grew weary of the justice they believed he deserved. While Bundy remained on death row, Chandler spoke in an interview about the many delays to his execution. I knew that it was going to be a long process. I knew that he was going to use everything within his means to stop the execution, so it doesn't really surprise me at all, she said. Similarly, Kleiner expressed her frustration with the slow pace of court proceedings, saying in a in a television interview, it's drug out for so long and it's hard for everyone involved. For the victims, family, friends, it's time to end it now. Let him have what's coming to him. Let's put this past us. He took two women barely out of their teens. He took their lives. Shouldn't he give his, Kleiner said? After a decade of waiting on death row, Ted Bundy was executed on January 24, 1989. When she heard the news of his death, Kleiner said she finally felt relief. I cried and I felt for Margaret and Lisa, my sorority sisters, and all the women, she said. I cried for them as well because now they could rest in peace. After both women recovered from their injuries, they settled down, got married, and had children. In a 1989 interview with Karen Chandler, she said she understood that Bundy had not attacked her personally, and that knowledge helped her heal from the trauma. I felt that this was somebody who didn't know me, she said. He wasn't after Karen Chandler. He was after a female body. Soon after hearing from the Chi Omega attack, healing from the Chi Omega attack, Kathy Kleiner got married. However, the marriage ended in divorce within a short time. Kleiner said that no relationship at that point in her life would have lasted regardless. She realized she needed to heal first, physically and emotionally, before having a serious relationship. Kleiner said that she had never been contacted by the Chi Omega sorority in the years following the murders. She suspects that members were told not to contact her in an effort to conceal the bloody past of the sorority. I was always going to be a Ted Bundy Chi Omega person and a connection to it, and new pledges weren't going to join and no new money was going to come in to the corporation, she said in 2019. Today, Kathy Kleiner Rubin is married and says she found solace in learning about the case and even about Bundy himself. She read The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule, very good book, and found it empowering because she felt she had a better understanding of the actual person who attacked her. As she recovered, she also relied on a mental exercise that helped her put space between the past trauma and her life as it is now. One of my ways of healing was that I had this horrific thing in front of me, but if I took baby steps and walked away, I'd look behind me and see it was walking away, Kleiner said. So I had a goal. I had something I wanted to go to, and it was the beach. It took me forever to get there, but every time I did, I looked behind me, and there was nothing to be afraid of. And that is the story of Kathy Kleiner and Miss Karen Chandler. Thank 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Champagne and Murder, please. We really, really do appreciate you guys. If you guys want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any stories for us, we are at champagneandmurderplease at gmail.com. And I hope you guys have a great week, and I will see you hopefully with Mark on Friday. Um, So until then, stay safe and don't take candy from strangers. Bye.